Today we'll be discussing season four, episode 13, or season five, episode 13 on Hulu, Bend Her. My name is Michelle Burlingame. With me are Tommy Roulette. How's it going? And Pete Woodward. That's me. Our guest today is Bridget Callahan. Hello. Hi. Thank Hi. you for coming on to the show. Thanks for having this me. This is... Uh, you haven't been in Cleveland very long again. You were here, and then you weren't here for a long time, and now you're back, and it's all just kind of synced up nicely. Yeah. Um, and boy, I, I as I was watching the episode, I'm like, oh, shit, she is going to have a lot to say about I this one. I didn't know that you guys were doing this in order, because I thought you picked it directly for me. No. I was like, <laughs> no. so Peter just wants to get into a fight with me. That's no, cool. No, no. Like, look, there, if there's one thing that's come up like over the history of this show, it's like, wow, a lot of this shit is really insensitive. I mean, I, I, yeah. I just, like, I don't. I don't know the show as well as Tom and our, our former host and probably even as well as Michelle at this point, because I just don't have time to commit things to memory anymore. And so a lot so of these, full of everything. no, it's just, I, I forget shit. It's early onset dementia, but you know, as this stuff comes up, like I, I know enough now that I can reference old episodes and I've had foreshadowing of things happen, but it's like, Oh shit. Cause this is, this is like, they took the, uh, the wrestling episode when he was the gender bender. Yeah. And they just doubled down. Like, yeah. They were like, that it. worked we're really go. well. Let's lean in. Yeah. On let's, that. Yeah. let's make it, let's make it even more fucked up. So, uh, I think we got a new, um, jumbotron this week. It looked like, like a proto Tom and Jerry. It was, um, yeah. called naughty, but mice. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, 1947 and it fe uh, features sniffles, the mouse. Oh. Who's a, uh, like, you know, he's the mouse with the that's always got the runny nose. This is one, this it, per, he actually addict? has no, he has actually has a cold. And this one is his debut, and he goes out to try to find well, that, a cure. If he has a, if he's called Sniffles because he has a cold, like, what, what happens when he gets better? He doesn't get better. Well, then he should see a doctor. He's, he's your future. He's perpetually sick. Oh fuck! Oh no! That's not. Don't joke about that. I, I don't know. In the episode, though, he drinks 125% proof liquor. Is that, that's not even possible, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe like if you took a, how does that work? If you mix multiple liquors, no, it just dilutes itself. Fuck. I'm trying to do math on cold medicine. Yeah, don't it's do not, that. Also, yeah, actually, when you think about it, the fact that I put this shit in my body all the time, I should know how proofs work, really. <laughs> but what, uh, what was the proof again? It's alcohol, 125% proof. That I feel like that is actually doable if you're just drinking, like, rubbing alcohol. Oh, even isopropyl alcohol is, is like... 70 something like the stuff that you get first aid isopropyl alcohol is like There's, 72 they, they make 91 percent yeah but they that's that's like proof. even yeah. the the hardcore stuff paramount I mean, hard vodka from maria road is 100 proof uh that i know <laughs> but that's <laughs> if you've never had that that's a but 100 vodka. proof doesn't mean 100 percent alcohol it means right, so right. the proofs proof and percents is 80 are proof different. is 40 percent so this is percent and proof 125 percent <laughs> proof Wait, so oh, you're telling me a cartoon has got nonsense it also is in on, it it's on yes so hmm. oh god <laughs> i oh shit this and it you know again we were just talking about this beforehand like i'm not drinking this month to try and figure out what my uh 
my brain chemistry really is at a baseline <laughs> level. I mean, I know it's fucked up, but I need to know how fucked up it is. Yeah, so and you're sick now. Yeah, I'm, you know, <laughs> I think that might be it. It's just withdrawal. It's like, oh, I'll, fuck my lifeblood. It's gone. <laughs> but like trying to do this math and it's just making me thirsty. You just it's, moved on from booze to uh, cold medicine. Yeah. That's really what happened. <laughs> you know, I, I know I've talked about this before with several people, it may or maybe or maybe not on the show, but like, if you take a couple capsules of Dayquil and a nice big cup of black coffee, you will vibrate with the frequency of the universe. It's just the best feeling in the world. <laughs> and I like I can't even do it anymore when I have to work because it, it like really harshes the buzz on it. Like I used I used to have like a more physical job and it was great because it just is like throwing books around and it felt really good. And uh, at that point I would just swig off the Dayquil bottle. Like dosages, fuck that. Oh yeah. That was if young. it's in liquid form, dosages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all. You just drink more coffee to right. be losing it out. So, um, this this was the three thousand four Olympic Games at Madison Cube Garden. Um, is this was this airing in two thousand four? Is that timeline no, it, it, still no, good? No, it's still in two thousand three. It was in July, two thousand three. This is actually. Season five, episode thirteen, as far as the broadcast goes, okay. but season four, episode thirteen, for production um, for production. I, the thing that confused me, and and maybe this, so this is, is right. I mean, this is like halfway through the, or like more than halfway through the last season. Yeah, the that yeah right. We're approaching before the they got canceled. Yeah, um, I thought the whole nation of or Earth was all one nation at this point. That's what was confusing. Well. Me. There could be just the Earth Olympics and then the inter like galaxy Olympics. There could be more than one Olympics. So it's set up like beauty pageants? I mean, it could be like this is just the Olympics on Earth. I thought no it was other... the Olympiad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so like. Because they weren't really. I mean, it's the Earth Olympics and there are other planets now that have life forms on them. But and does it, it like it wasn't subdivide? Like other... It wasn't like versus other planets. It was all everything yeah, it was, was on. People it was all versus the nations of Earth. The Earth. Like right. The, like the independent so, nation of Joe. But I yeah. thought <laughs> I thought Earth was all one nation now. That's I guess that's where I'm confused because there's like a president of Earth. Right. Earthican. But yeah. still, I mean they're all from different I mean, there's whole new countries like whatever. Like I mean they're Siberia, probably all Yeah, but when you're looking at you're looking at like globally, probably each each um, of these nations, nations maybe a loose have, federation. Probably yeah, like have a, a head. State, right? Earth. Yeah. Okay. And and the president of Earth happens to be also the president of the United States or whatever. You okay. know, like probably the leader of the U.S. as well I, as Earth. I think when I think dealing if we're, with if we're demonstrating intergalactic anything stuff. at this point, the president of the United States is not going to be the president of Earth anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part about the countries that were in the parade uh, and just in the events in general, was that you had places like Jamaica and Barbados, but you didn't have like England. You didn't have a real France. Yeah. And I was like, cool. <laughs> so like all the colonial countries are like the leaders now. I also liked the... uh, Siberia, but it was like C Y B E R. Yeah. And they're, and they're all, all robots with, robots with robot. the, the yeah. fur hats on and stuff. Sweden. I, and we've already <laughs> okay, talked so. way more about this. I, I'd rather see celebrity ape fights. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what got preempted. I'm like, is that, I mean, th that could be so many things. That could be like celebrities who raise apes, like fighting apes. We talked about cockfighting a couple weeks ago. And like, 
you, what if you had ape fights? You know, but you had like William Shatner's ape fight. Like you, you raced William Shatner's show <laughs> pony. Is that a true thing? Uh, well, no, no, sort of. You'll just have to listen and hear the <laughs> the pony the story I told. He threw a boot at her. Really? He he yeah. threw his boot over his shoulder, and I happened to be walking next to William Shatner, and he hit me like with his a boot. boot that had been on his body. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like <laughs> like he had his laces tied up, and he was like, "Well, time to." keep on walking and just like <laughs> threw him over his shoulder like a and like a hobo it. with his you sold it on ebay for a well, really I, large I mean, amount of money still held on to them he just hit oh. me in the chest with his boots as he was throwing them <laughs> love you know story. shatner but but what if you had william shatner's ape and then they bred the apes to fight each other or it could be like celebrity apes like bubbles the chimp from michael jackson fame mm. and uh was Coco it, and Coco the gorilla, uh, Clyde Hamurabi from Every Which Way But Loose, Hamurabi or whatever. Harambe, Harambe, Harambe. <laughs> I think dead. it's so oh, nice no. that you actually forgot that uh, name. That like really speaks to a sense of relaxation about the internet <laughs> that I'm really jealous of. It's pronounced Kofifi. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could forget memes. I wish that I had the ability to let that go. That's sixty percent of my rapidly like diminishing mental capacity. Dude, I thought about today how I should just make a business where I print out really popular memes and put them as like canvases to sell in people's houses. That eat trash and die raccoon one that everyone posts. I was like, I (laughs) I want a print of that, and I bet somebody else would want a print of that. Mm -hmm. You could do that now. You just subcontract it and then mark it up. That's all that stuff is made like to order too. So this is. Take this out, Tom. We got a business idea to say. <laughs> no, we'd get sued to oblivion. <laughs> okay. Sued schmood. There's no money in Peter this. Peter and I need a lawyer if you're listening. Uh, the, the, the Jamaican Olympic team was detained at the airport because of their other, other interests. interests. Yes. Because weed is still illegal in 3004. <laughs> what? Jeff Sessions is working on it, so don't worry about that. It's uh, It's just... it's. I love that because the the whole thing with Hermes, from the beginning, it was always the misdirect, and they've just like really leaned into the whole like pothead thing now. Um, but, but when they start, was it La Barbara that was talking to him saying, "Have they seen your physique since the old days?" One toke over the. Oh, that line. was Fry. I think <laughs> said that. Yeah. Um, so. Professor creates the flabo dynamic spandex suit, which sucks all of that fat in but like where does it where does it go i was thinking about that i want i was like would i want one of those yeah where where would i buy that like what where would it go it's like robo spanks yeah but like yeah but like you push it all up in your boobs you push it like i don't know where it goes to your center of gravity that's where it goes in it so he can closer to his knees so he can go back see would this this, would the would it be so much compression that you would literally just like pulverize your organs though the human body can take a lot of compression it it can i'm gonna blow your minds here and tell you that professor fucked up his design because what he should have done is done an inside out bender's chest cavity and then you put Mm. the suit on and all of your extra mass goes out into a a tardisy dimension maybe that's how it works maybe that's the the suit has got a little bit of that that magical cavity uh-huh. like maybe it is the magical cavity because you know professor did work for for, for mom. mom he invented so he, he yeah technically he's so got he's that knowledge stretch all that on <laughs> and then it, you know it's basically like 
it's going into whatever the phantom zone is inside Bender's cavity. But instead of having the box that you open up and put the things in, you step into the box. So what's the thing that forces him to when he's when well the professor running the clearly base. the professor didn't do that and he fucked up his design. I'm just I'm improving on it. Oh okay. I, I've got a whole thing about Bender's chest cavity. I've made peace with it, but now now that I have made peace with it, it's like they're not taking advantage of this. The world building is is kind of fucked up. That's um, what fan fiction is for. I don't have time for fan fiction. Is Limbo anymore. an Olympic sport yet? Not yet. No. Mm. <laughs> um, is this the first time we've seen Barbados Slim? Because I, I feel so. like he's been mentioned before, or it's maybe the I just... Game. Like that's the the part since we're watching these in yeah, production the order, but since I think we've seen, I think we've had an episode. I, he was in the Xmas episode, wasn't he? Mm-mm. Me, I feel like no. I feel like he's been in an episode before and just with very little ceremony. But this is the one where we actually meet. I could, I'm probably wrong, but I just maybe I just feel like we've had Barbados Slim in an episode before. I just the name is remember. in the stupid game that I can't stop playing. I've got I'm like now I'm just animosity towards oh, see, I, tomorrow. You know I what? He's he's in, in this a while. And then he's not in it until like the movie, like Bender's Big Score, mm. and then later episodes. Really? Yeah. But him and LaBarbera have a thing on the side or did in the past. They were They're married. Married. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So you probably just saw him in another episode before him. Probably. I uh there was one other line. It was it was actually back when they were talking about Hermes' physique, where he said he described it to them using a series of awful euphemisms. <laughs> and that's that's basically what I do too. Like that's that was so perfect. It's just, it's just like a tall Danny DeVito or an unshaved Bigfoot. That's that's what we're looking at. Um, and then it rolled right into Bender and Zoidberg sitting in silence, just going, "Shut up, Zoidberg," <laughs> which I love it. He's just so ready Poor for Zoidberg. abuse. He got a he got a little out of hand in this one, I think, didn't he? Mm. Or am I misremembering? No. Zoidberg what? Get it had out that of hand? great. Well, I'm jumping ahead in the episode, but yeah, he's he has a really great moment in this episode. He has a lot of great moments. I know, but like in particular, I think. <laughs> uh, oh, we're so we're getting into yeah, we're, we're getting, getting into ahead. the good part. I'm just yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no. I'm so excited. <laughs> like it's just when things are gonna light on fire. Um, what, what other events do you think they would have had in here? I mean, they get into the robot stuff with the bending the unbendable girders, which seems um, uh, kind of dumb. I honestly. mean, if you can bend an unbendable girder, you're definitely Olympic uh, material. So actually, like this is I don't I only know this because I was doing a little homework on this episode. Okay, don't make it seem like I'm some like I'm just <laughs> pulling this out. But the unbendable girder is from another previous episode. Yeah. So when I was watching this, I realized that the reason they put that in there is because it is a thing that is a specific trigger to Bender of his masculinity, right? Where he's like, I could do that because he he had faced the unbendable girder in another episode. Mm, And then this guy does too and does like a huge sculpture of it. And he's like, oh, and that. So he crushes his masculinity before he then decides to switch. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Was that the same episode with... uh, So deep. Oh, shoot. That was the... uh, With um, the uh, fembot. um, Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. That's... Angeline. That's... Mm. Oh, right, right, right. right. So... Where he was a scab. Um, yeah, I, I just, 
<laughs> I, I just, I, like, I'm trying to think of, like, there could be so many preposterous events in this Olympics that we just, they just teased us. It's like limbo and then the girder stuff. And I just wish they would have spent more time on that or just done celebrity ape fights. So what events have you thought of, Peter? I, I haven't thought of any. I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing this as like, here is a setup for a bit. That's not, that's not really the, the, like what I'm getting at. I just, it seems like they could have really, they've had so many deep wells of jokes on things like that. And they just sort of passed over it. It was, it was sort of a dense episode. So maybe that's why. Um, but you know, the, the, after Bender feels defeated and Zoidberg just gives him a welcome to my life. <laughs> and then he starts crying. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Zoidberg. Oh. So, yeah, so then Bender looks over to the, the fembots and their bending competition. It's some bullshit because the one fembot's got like a hanger, <laughs> like a wire hanger. And that, that's like the, the female Olympic event for bending is like a wire hanger. Which With, is the real preposterous part is that they're robots, right? So there's yeah. no reason to build a female robot less strong than a right. male robot. Right. But then you automatically have skip over that. Testosterone like, oil. You don't have to discuss whether or not actual human being females are like weaker mm -hmm. than guys or not. Because you're like, let's put it in this robot. And uh, even in, I guess, it in the robots and we can do whatever we want. In the context of the Olympics, that's always been the thing where like the Soviet bloc would dope their female athletes so that they all looked like men anyway. Like they were clearly being hormone treated yeah. to be larger, faster, stronger now. Like you'd think that if these were Olympic class fembots that they'd just come out looking like the crushinator or something, you know, where it's just a big yeah. monstrous, uh, beast. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you build the perfect Olympic robot? Yeah. That event? <laughs> I, we're deconstructing this shit pretty good. <laughs> yeah. There is no reason for them to design male, female or child robots. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> like Tinny Tim. Yeah, <laughs> unless the whole point is to make you feel like sympathy for him, but well, he just gets shit on. Well, there okay. is another episode coming up <laughs> where it does matter. It doesn't even. <laughs> oh, that shouldn't even be canon. That episode. Oh come on. Oh good, that's gonna be a good one. So here, this is actually a weird thought that I had while I was watching this, yeah. right? Which um, is that it. One thing about Futurama is that it's created this nightmare world where all the robots are extremes of human personalities. Right. Right? Like, they're, they're not robots. They have no robot characteristics. They're the most emotional creatures in yeah. the show. Right? Um, so I just feel like, God, what did you just say that made me think of that? I forget now. Me? Yeah, I just uh, said something. Um, <laughs> There's no, no point to building female or yeah. children, or, right? But you have to because you have to build these, like, stereotypes of human behavior. Never yeah. mind. Anyway. What? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. We, uh, does that go further? No, it doesn't. All I right. just, just so, a weird stone thought. No, but today. that's that's actually, I don't think that's ever been phrased that way because one of the things that keeps coming up is sort of like Bender will go on these emotional tears where he's like, I don't have a legacy. And then that turns into this whole. Bender's the most jacket. emotional character in the entire show. Except he's for maybe Roberto. No, he's constantly angry. He's constantly hurt. He's always like there's some emotional arc that he's going through that is more extreme. Like the other characters have emotion, but Bender's like the extreme because he's allowed to be extreme because he's a robot. Well, didn't the professor dial up his emotion chip or did he turn did it down? Uh, I don't remember. He I don't turned either. it up for an episode and then he turned it down. You're talking. Yeah. I think. And then also there is the free will 
Did we do that thing. one? Did we do that one yet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought about this a lot because Bender, like, he's so angry and so, like, they, they dial up his masculinity in this episode to contrast it to when he's being feminine, right? Yeah. But he's so much happier when he's feminine. Well, because it, it makes, <laughs> it gives him all these new angles to, like, grift, I think. Like, he, he that's really sort of, like... It's not I, just the grift, though. Like, I really feel like he actually gets more of an outlet for some of his other emotions that he doesn't have in his other... Because he gets more it. attention, maybe. We'll get there. Yeah, I, we'll get there. Yeah, I'm we're jumping ahead. We're yeah, jumping ahead a sorry. little bit. So it's a very picture. deep well. Because before before uh, he, Bender goes through the whole sex change... He just uh, dresses up He like just dresses girl. up, yeah. He wears a dress and a, a little... A little uh, headscarf. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> One thing I noticed also, and then I'll stop and we'll go on. Um, we got but, time. So he makes that decision right after. So Hermes actually tries to change his body to not cheat, but effectively like give himself an advantage yeah. right before Bender. It was such a good story setup. Like I watched it and I was like, what a good foreshadowing. Because he loses and then Bender sees that he did that. And was like, oh, I can do that too on a deeper level. <laughs> it was such a good like one-two punch on... This well, is how he comes up with his plot. I, but the the fact that Barbados says hi to Hermes by going, Hermes Conrad, is that you inside that dumpy yeah. little fat man? <laughs> no. Poor Hermes. Well, that made me think, like, did Hermes used to not be a dumpy little fat man? No, like, really. when he, was, he was fat when he was racing before, too. He said that he beat yeah. him while he was fat then, too. I don't, and I, we, I, see, we see, well, getting into another later episode, we see a young Hermes later on and i yeah. think i don't think he was not we did see a young hermes fat. competing in the olympics before yeah. when when the one kid tried to uh yeah but sometimes when they do flashbacks like that they don't you know they take the current state yeah and put you never know it could it's all like a, a fever right. dream anyway i mean we've we've tried to apply logic to this show over and over mostly me and mostly to failure <laughs> but uh, it, you know, it, I mean, just uh, there's clearly that rivalry, but if La Barbara chose Hermes over Barbados Slim at some point, you think he'd be secure, right? Because that? that's how people are. They get real yeah. secure <laughs> when they're in long-term yeah, relationships. Yeah, that totally works. <laughs> out. Later on, every time something happens with Hermes, La Barbara's like, like with Barbados Slim, like immediately. <laughs> oh, she, run, she runs to him Constantly to, to running commiserate. back yeah. to Barbados okay. Slim. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a recurring theme. Oh God, that's no good. Um, there, you know the. I guess this is where it turns into Bender, uh, dressing up. Then right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so. This is this came up before in the Gender Bender episode where he was the wrestler or the or the boxer, which uh, Raging Bender I think was the episode. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that made me think of is um, bosom buddies. Like that was a primetime television show for multiple okay. I seasons. I had to place it for a moment. With, I was like, "What are you talking about?" Starring talking about starring Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it it was. Isn't who else was it? Uh, Peter Scolari. Yeah. Uh, Wendy Jo Sperber. How do you, you know all naming. this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> These are the things I remember. What did I eat for dinner two hours ago? Couldn't tell you. Beatles, uh, Peter Scolari. I'll never, I'm just going to guess Peter Scolari whenever I have a question come up for the next like, week. <laughs> right. Who played Lena Dunham's dad on Girls? 
Peter Scolari. Right. There you go. Jesus. So, I've never watched Girls. <laughs> I don't. Don't. Nope. It, yeah. it's, no, uh, thank you. I, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, he comes out in, on the show. It's a, it's mm. a whole thing. Anyway, um, but that was so. This this kind of this frame this whole thing where like you've got some like it hot. You've got this recurring theme where it's just like. This is the craziest thing ever for a man to be presenting as a woman. It's so wild and strange. And, and you know, to varying things to the point where, like, I'm actually reading uh, Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology right now. And one of the stories I just read yesterday was about Thor pretending to be a woman to steal his hammer back from a troll. Like, that's how far mm -hmm. back this trope goes mm -hmm. of, like, th this thing. But, like... This seems so extreme on top of that because it's not just like I'm going to put on a dress and a wig and some lipstick. This is like going through the whole sex it's, change it's like funny. willy nilly. Because a man in ladies' clothes. But it's <laughs> how absurd. Yeah, but it's <laughs> now we got it? we have a no Caitlyn no, I mean, not, now, I mean back, we didn't when this episode came out. I mean back in the like I mean, I just, I'm picturing like like thinking of like Bugs Bunny dressing up as a woman. Um, yeah, but this is this is twenty some years ago ish. Wait, this uh, this, this you're talking episode. about future? Yeah, we well, were bringing up other things that were I, thirty, I forty years uh, ago or more. But like, like RuPaul was a worldwide phenom at this point, but and she RuPaul, wasn't. When did Kevin Jenner happen? When, when it was did, like two thousand fifteen. Uh, no, not no, yet. no. It later, was, yeah, no. no, not later. <laughs> no, it was a little, uh, a little uh, yeah, earlier. the opposite. Of okay, later. <laughs> <laughs> um, earlier. I think that special that came out was 2015 when I... when Bruce Jenner said had that was it 2020 the when up? he came out and said I am I want to live as a woman now I'm changing yeah to April 2015 yeah. all right oh my god I'm just not going to <laughs> I know it because I know where I time. was when I heard about it and I remember sitting do? in a bar at a specific event and seeing it on the television wow. what, what, wait but this is burned in your memory what was this specific event it doesn't matter I was watching a band play I, I, do you feel like we need to dig into this you know what's this, funny is i don't remember when let that like where i was or when that happened but i remember where i was when i found out that uh uh laura jane grace was like yeah when she became laura jane grace mm -hmm. uh what was this? tom gabell yeah became laura jane grace from against me oh okay i yeah it's just i don't i mean it seems like they play this for just Last, but even the jokes aren't all that funny. It's it didn't all in all, I really don't like this episode. No, no. And it, it's not like looking back at it in some sort of pseudo woke position. It's just like, you know, there's some of it where he's like, No, you need to wear more lipstick because guys like women trampy looking. Like, you know, that kind of stuff was a little well, yeah, silly. Yeah, they play him off as the super I mean, like, so I actually I, I decided I did like this episode. I did not like it the first time I watched it. And I was like, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do here. Uh, what am I going to say about this? <laughs> and then, like, the second time I watched it, I got a little fucked up. And then I watched it. And that <laughs> yeah. uh, which is basically how I addressed the entire Gossip Girl catalog, too, where I was like, I'm going to watch this show. And I'm just going to be really fucked up every time I do it. And I and have then this you can whole theory it. about Gossip Girl being, like, sensory depth tanks and, like, a human battery farm that I'll tell you about sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but... 
But I, I got really in on the emotions, the emotional profiles of Bender as like him versus Colette, because I really think that they did this strange, dark thing where Bender actually like becoming Colette gave him all these things. He's constantly getting angry and hurt and searching for as a character otherwise. And he got those and he, they, you know, you're right. He does try to grift it. That's the whole point. Right. Yeah. But like he cons himself. That's the real yeah, trope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He cons himself into being in love and he cons himself into being like, Oh my God, you like me. And, and that sort of thing. So but you think the adoration really like that he gets the, the hole inside his magical chest cavity yeah. is filled by compressing and by reshaping it. Yeah. Huh. Well, and but then also he's just like the terrible anti-feminist the whole time. And I really love watching Amy and Lila in this because they constantly have some really good lines about like when uh, Amy says like um Splur. You're embarrassing <laughs> us in front of the other genders. I love that. <laughs> that's a great line. So it's such a good that's, line. And that's maybe more prescient than like Yeah, because it's like <laughs> all the other the genders. Right. And then um and I and you know the the classic Leela line, which is the, you know, do you promise to get out of my gender? Right. Yeah. And they have they just like the way they react to it is is good to watch. So I I ended up really liking the emotional aspect of it, but it's not from a funny point, I guess, you know? Like it wasn't it's not really. I a, think they make uh -huh. they make some more um, on point commentary on gender identity in a different episode. That's uh, did we? I don't think we did that one yet. I think that's another later. Which one. episode are you? The one where they of. all swapped. Oh letters. yeah, yeah. No, we haven't got to that yeah. yet. Yes, yeah. so that was like. Did you ever watch Misfits? Mm -mm. No. Um, it was really good. It's sort of a weird, uh, filthy superhero show that was on uh, Hulu a few years ago. Yeah, I'm familiar. Oh, I remember it. that. Yeah. And there was there was one. Um, you know, basically, there's these four juvenile delinquents that get superpowers through some magical thing. But at, at one point during the series, there's like a really macho guy who, when their powers all get swapped around, becomes like a really beautiful girl and then like for the rest of the season is trying to deal with like that whole shift like he can't do it like I, I think they played that really well the some of this stuff I mean it's just some of the things when they do gags like this they just seem so hack and that's kind of what puts me off is where it's like you know they make really smart funny jokes on this show there's um even this is a dumb thing that Fry says I can't watch this because it's creepy and wrong and sick uh -huh. <laughs> but however I will watch it out of curiosity yeah. which is like that's our entire culture. Mm -hmm. And, and, but then there's stuff where it's just like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I can't get into the whole Bender thing because it just seems so obvious when he, when I, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. It's just, I got notes and notes and notes, but it, it just seems, it seems heavy handed to me. I know it's a cartoon. They're not, <laughs> not known for nuance, but like, it just uh, uh where are we at with the recap where do we leave off well do we so, just do the i think it, okay so i have uh the line where professor goes removing item and they cut the antenna off the top which is that's been equated with bender's like mm -hmm. phallus masculinity yeah. way yeah. way earlier than this but uh my note right after that is like wow this is really kind of problematic like this is where things just start getting weird for me um, <laughs> like when he's like delicately changed the body type, like are they just smacking with him? him. <laughs> no, I uh, like there's like right after that, Lee was like, I don't know which I don't know which I'm more enraged or disgusted. 
Like, the, like, yeah, she she really got bent out of shape because it's. I, I mean, and maybe maybe the problem is the whole point is that like Leela and Amy are like the voices of reason, going like this is a valid thing, but to do it for such like a a selfish reason, selfish, yeah. selfish. Or I mean, not even crew gets on him for being a gold digger. Like they yeah. they all are like, yeah. what are you doing? I mean, the, it, was there ever? They don't ever do a reveal where Calculon realizes that he is Bender. No, but mm-hmm. the way that they handled and well, I it's say any, I a love great it. ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, before that, though, when they're falling in love, my favorite line that I totally just noticed was when uh, Colette's like, uh, he, they're talking about the life they're going to have together, and he's talking about the house and everything. And she's yeah. like, "Donkeys," and he's like, "All you can eat." And I was like, <laughs> oh my god! All you can eat ass is what he was saying. <laughs> I love it. I oh, I what's donkey taste like? Anyone? That's not the point. The point is, is that all you can eat ass joke. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean, catch that. I, I was just thinking about like donkey, donkey meat. meat. They do eat donkeys in South America, I believe. I'm sure they eat everything. They eat donkeys every- everywhere. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They probably taste like deer, right? They're the same size. About that, maybe they're a little gamier. They eat horses in France, so and snails. Snails is delicious. Probably tastes like horse. I'm guessing it would be a similar. Th- you know, it's all about two clicks off a of human flesh. I don't know why we get all weird about it. It's it's red meat. You don't know why we get weird about he- eating human flesh? No, I mean, like, <laughs> like making the distinctions beyond that. I know um, why we should be weird about eating human flesh, but I said about too animals Because you get mad man disease if them. you eat human flesh. Mad, mad, mad man. man disease. <laughs> Is that where you uh, <laughs> you start working for an advertising firm, yeah. a marketing firm? You, I didn't even you think take of over it. someone else's. <laughs> I didn't even think of it that Did way. You get that weird gum thing. Do you know that when you're a cannibal, your gums uh, like recede and get really like. I know. There's a lot of health yeah. problems. Really? I learned well, that in class when we were talking about the road. Physically <laughs> and mentally. Like, Watch for this shit. <laughs> well, why, why does that happen? Uh, it's something, I don't know. I actually, it's some reaction your body has. Like you're allergic sort of to your own <laughs> like, proteins like or your, something. Like your gums get revolted by your own hole. Oh. I gotta research that. Yeah, I was okay. just thinking, note to self. <laughs> yeah. You said there's like mental stuff too. Oh yeah. Google yeah, side go, effects of cannibalism. You can go crazy <laughs> from eating your e- eating human flesh because you're not supposed to. You're not no. Not supposed to. No, no natural <laughs> thing is supposed to eat its own. What about like kind. gerbils and hamsters? They eat their own babies. They do, and they don't suffer or die because my gerbils ate a lot of their babies. Yeah, yeah. rats. But they they're. I mean, time. maybe their brain is too small to have any repercussions. I don't, There's just not enough room. I'm not judging. I'm just saying your your hypothesis does not hold water. Maybe it's different. I may have. I just children. made it up. I'm not a. Not a. That's what you do in philosophy. cannibal doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a growing industry, you know. <laughs> it, well, isn't that? Uh, that sounds like a Showtime show. Cannibal, cannibal doctor. doctor. <laughs> uh, my. To be honest, my favorite part of this entire uh, episode is just when uh, Colette gets invited onto uh, the, what is it, Late Night with Humorbot, Humorbot. 5.0. <laughs> and uh, Calculon's out there. He's like, you want to set this club up? He goes, no, I think it sets itself up. <laughs> and it's just him. And there's like some like pirate, pirate yeah, on the, the barbecue. barbecue. 
<laughs> and he just he screams no. And then when they go back to Calcula and he says, the line was supposed to be yes, but I put a twist on it. Did, like <laughs> literally no setup needed for that. Did you did you notice that Huberbot 5.0 looked like Paul Schaefer? No. Uh, I didn't really <laughs> notice that. <laughs> like that, that was that was another thing where I don't know. If, I mean, it had to have been done on purpose, but just like the the facial features of Humorbot 5.0, I'm like, oh, that's Paul. Yeah, like clearly. But I did like that. Was an anecdote accepted? Witty remark <laughs> not found. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved how the laughter just stopped on cue in that scene. Right, like, they were laughing and then boom, and it just it was perfect. It's kind of like this show when it grinds to a halt. <laughs> Um, this, what's this like? This may be presumptuous. That's my favorite kind of this. <laughs> like that. That's the style. Those are the kind of jokes I like. Not the just the hacky. Ah, uh, I. You I'm, like the wordplay jokes. I know. But this was a body humor jo- uh, episode. It was. It was very, very much more. This is was written by too by someone that is not a fan of sci-fi either. Really? Like the story. Yeah. Uh, Who wrote it? Uh, Michael Rowe. The guy that does dirty jobs. Oh, what <laughs> How do you know everyone's name? I just look. I, that's a homonym. I, I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> it's not the same guy. Clearly. Clearly not. No, I know, but I don't know how you knew that dirty jobs thing is my point. My, I like, do Mike Rao. I never would have known the name of the guy who wrote this episode, but Mike Rao is the is mm-hmm. it yeah. I said Rao. Well, yeah, I think Mike Rao is how is that the how dirty you're supposed jobs to say it? I think. I have said it wrong my entire life. I don't no. know. He used to be an opera singer before no, he did that. No, really? Yeah. Was he a Canadian opera singer? I don't know. Is he like, from Canada? No, he just seems like oh. he would be like a Canadian. Like superstar, a, like, like a Canadian football job. player where he yeah. can't hack it in the U.S. So he goes up north to to be, you know, uh, almost as good. Although everything's better up there, we fucked it all. I up. heard about a podcast today. No offense to this podcast, but it's called "The Secret Life of Canada." Yeah. Have you? Do you listen to it? No. You sound so enthusiastic. About I, 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 I want to know more. <laughs> Tell me more. I'm super excited. I don't know. I'm good. I have it on my queue to like. Is it to good stuff morning. or bad stuff? It's supposed to be like dark stories that have true stories that happen in Canada. Oh, like how mm-hmm. they like are uh, like cannibal still, doctors and shit. Like egregiously awful to First Nations people. And yeah, like, shit like that. Oh. And also those all those women who've been like raped and brutally murdered. And murdered in the and damn the, projects. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll uh, have to ask uh, my uh, one friend who lives in Canada if she's ever <laughs> listened to it. <laughs> Or, hey, we've got Canadian listeners. Tell us about your horrible uh, country's murders. Text us about your Canada Tell me about the feet. Did anyone ever resolve the feet thing that was happening? No. Do you remember that? Yeah. When the feet were just washing up? Oh, I think that um, I listened to a different podcast where they talk about that, the mystery of the people's feet with tennis shoes on them. Yeah, there were like 12 of them or something. I think they determined that it's just when people commit suicide by jumping off a bridge into water, the body sinks and then the buoyancy of the, the shoes like separates the <gasps> foot. Don't wear tennis shoes when you commit suicide. Flip flops, brah. I could be wrong. I could be <laughs> misremembering, but that seems plausible. Does Mystery it? solved. Or a Does killer move. They never found matching feet. So like, like once, what happened yeah, to once the other feet? Well, they got eaten by horrible sea monsters. There's sharks. It's the mob. Yeah. It's me- mooses. But I feel like they just came up with a cover-up story. That sounds like a cover-up mm-hmm. story. The mob does it backwards, though. They put the feet in the heavy thing. So then you'd expect everybody to pop up to the top wearing <laughs> just their trousers and no feet. <laughs> but I, isn't that isn't uh, cement shoes cement apocryphal, shoes. too? I thought that was just sort of an urban legend. That I, I mean, it so. weighs the body down. 
But like, but I'm sure it's happened I'm sure somebody actually has done that before. Oh, yeah. You think? Probably. They probably the mob probably have done it a few times. Why couldn't they have done it on Jackass? It feels way, way, way too like much work. Like you can just tie some shit to somebody's feet, you know? Yeah, they get their goons to do it. But then you gotta wait until it sets to throw them in the water. That's well like, if they're if they're dead. But yeah, I guess you gotta get rid of a body. You gotta get rid of the body. You wouldn't like take the time to hold it upright in a vat of concrete and wait for the concrete to dry what for hours so you can put for. it in the water. Then you then you gotta move somebody with fucking concrete yeah. feet. Yeah, exactly. That sounds like work. It does sound like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it totally. Uh, I think we the point is that the, the person is still alive when you put them in the cement. But they're not gonna walk like with cement feet. Well, yeah, they're not gonna walk. They're gonna be on like a, some sort of weird a, person with gigantitis. Is that, put, I don't know. <laughs> so it's the point that you like let the concrete dry around because you're going to kill him anyway, and then you try to torture him to talk? Because yes. I feel like you would know that you were going to die anyway, so why would you talk? I mean, you could always hurts. get out of the concrete? I don't know. Um, I still think the best way to dispose of a body would be um, dissolving it in acid or the Fargo method of this just wood, wood chipper. Wood chipper. <laughs> That's the best I, scene you ever. You know what? What happens if your wood chipper, like, what if you bought your wood chipper at Harbor Freight? <laughs> and he fucks up halfway through. And you get the two-year warranty, so you can just take it back and exchange it, no questions asked. But if you've got <laughs> half a body stuck in your Harbor Freight wood chipper, like, it's going to be a problem. You, know, you I, do, you just, you, may, you probably have some extra, you need to make sure you have extra money. Go buy a new one so you can try to finish it, pull the body out, then you can clean it up and, and send it back and exchange I, it. Or... Cash back. I bet Cannibal <laughs> Doctor would know how to do all of that shit. Yeah. He'd just eat the body. And then, then you just have to get rid of the bones. I, I, fuck, we're coming up with so much good intellectual property on just this one episode. We're going to be rich <laughs> as shit. Um, have any of you gone on a first date nude? And no. is it, in fact, trampy to do that? I've gone it on depends. first dates and things I shouldn't have been wearing. That's for sure. Like, like, I went on a first date in a schoolgirl skirt one time. That was not appropriate. It's very forward. Very young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. And the guy was nice enough to not say anything about it. And we kept dating, but, like, later on, he was like, yeah, that was weird that you did that. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, uh, I mean, my, my wife's uh, favorite story is that uh, she didn't like the pants I wore on our first date. Yeah. Because they were too big. And the pro I mean, the problem is I just, I had lost a ton of weight and I hadn't bought new pants. So I just had them cinched up. They weren't like Jenkos or something. Like mm, they were just that's like. exactly what I was sure. picturing. Yeah, no, I didn't have, it weren't like I, I had a couple of Vern Troyer sized dwarves running around inside the legs. They were just, they were, you know, like my waist was probably like a 38 and they're probably like a 42, you know, waistline. I just cinched up with a belt because fuck it, I'm thrifty. And she was like, this he guy also needs to be taken care of. Shirt tucked into his underpants. <laughs> That's what Too people formal. were doing back then. <laughs> and, you know, and, of course, that was the reason that she was going to break up with me. And, in fact, that she did break up with me. She didn't like my pants. Which is, uh, it's, a, it's a whole long story. I showed her by accidentally getting her pregnant. Um, <laughs> so, the, uh, you know, anyway. <laughs> um, the <coughs> there's there's uh, They always go to Elzar's. And it's the fanciest place in town. Right, but it seems like the quality at Elzar's varies wildly because a couple weeks ago there was like roaches and rats and vermin, and now it's all fancy again. 
when they go. So, I, I mean, what do you think is going? Does he have like staffing problems? Maybe Elzar just owns multiple restaurants, and ah. it's just Elzar's just always at the one that they go to. But doesn't Elzar know Bender? Like, wouldn't you think he would recognize Bender as Coilette? So Bender yeah, and Coilette was, do I don't not know. look the same. I don't think they. I think yeah. I think he could get away. I mean, Coilette is famous. So right, uh, you know. I so don't why think... would you think that was true. Bender? That's true. The only people that know are the people that saw him go through the transition with the testosterone oil and having his item removed. Yes, and, and fem's oil. oil. The, the fembot lubricants. Um, I, the... ultimately bring him happiness by showing him what love is. I just have to throw that out. There. <laughs> <laughs> the the. the uh, the reason he gave for going on the date is just for what for once he'd like to eat dinner <laughs> with a celebrity that's not bound and gas. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then this. So I I have a note in here is like why is Leela so against this? Is she, like I'm wondering if like Leela's transphobic, or if she's just against Bender doing this. Like like is she a turf? Yeah. Um. No. I mean, I think that the whole point is that Leela and Amy are like you are. Just you, you are using the worst stereotype of women to get ahead, and then they're so frustrated that it works. Like, so, like a, a Tommy Lauren and Coulter type sort of thing, where it's just yeah, like, you're yeah, just exactly. gonna sell out and we're gonna bite it hard. Right. Cause at and... no point, Bender's never like, I feel like I'm a woman, right? Right. Uh, Bender is like, hey, people will give me these things if I'm a woman. I, well, there seems to be a duality about it. I mean, you've brought that up too, where he, like, he, you know, he has the emotionality that's sort of overwhelming at certain points. Where yeah. He, but, but yeah, I think that's the, the you know, that, that he's riding that line between the grift and the well, actual. Well, the professor experience. said the longer he stays like that, the more and more he's gonna. Not, it's going to seep into his processing unit. Now, the one thing that they don't do is I don't feel like they really uh, counterpoint the professor's um, sexism enough, right? Like, he's so, he's got so many very, like, violent kind of not funny lines in there where he's just like, you're again becoming the worst of this or whatever. Another, then, another running theme of Professor being super sexist. Right, but then they have especially all against Leela. Like I think he oh, picks, yeah. he purposely picks on Leela. Yeah. <laughs> She's becoming a slave to her emotions, just like all women, particularly you, you Leela. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like I think they don't give Leela and Amy enough strong lines to counteract those mm. in this kind of episode. But right? the professor's just generally hateful of everybody. But I in think. this particular episode, don't you think you'd want to push it a little stronger? I I don't know. I mean, he's just. You know, he's he is a misanthrope of the highest caliber. So really, he's just he's doing the surgery or the the transformation just because. Like, it's basically he's he's a scientist who goes, we can, so we will, not right. because we should. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, script wise, I feel like if you if you wanted to come, if you wanted the episode to be less problematic, you had some opportunities as a writer. Where to he counterpoint just that without giving away, like his personality should stay the same. It's the rest of the characters that should have been given a little bit more. They can actually only give the female characters so many lines. <laughs> and not, since Bender was technically a female in the episode, they couldn't really. <laughs> I mean, fair point. I know there's a whole rule book for writers' rooms, so I there's actually one. This is a whole continuity thing that really threw me off. Actually, Bender was eating food. A lot of it, yeah. Yeah, which he doesn't eat food, ever. No, and Calculan says something about um, 
uh, couldn't can't sleep, though he never does. Yeah, implying that robots don't sleep, but Bender right. sleeps all the time. So yeah, and he, I mean, but he's like chowing down on actual organic, like right, because that's the trope, right? The woman on the date eating all the food is like the good girl who like gets what guys are like. That's the stereotype mm-hmm. where she's on the date. She's like, you like, really understand yeah. me because she's like gnawing it. on chicken bones and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she oh. burps and, you know, and he's like, oh, <laughs> it's just playing into that. That was Jenny McCarthy's whole shtick for like 1990 yeah. through 97 exclusive. Like that was her thing. The girl who doesn't get along with other girls. Yeah. You know? Yes, that's when she was your hero, right, Michelle? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> with the booger jokes and the fart jokes. Now she's just a weird anti-vax Botox Skeletor. God, now she she's the person that so they're gonna bad. trot out if Oprah runs for president. Oh no, <laughs> we're gonna see a lot more of her. She looks so bad on New Year's Eve last year. I think she looked worse, but she still looks like a fucking skeleton. Like she just looks like horrendous. That whole thing of her and uh, Donnie Duddits making out was just Ugh. mortifying. Was what are you guys talking about? I know. New Year's Eve. But was, so is it... Is we went to a party still, at her house. Yeah. New Year's Eve. <laughs> is it still Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve or is it Ryan Seacrest? No, it's still, it's Dick, still Clark's. Dick Clark's. It's Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve or New Year's Rockin' New Year's Rockin' New Year's Rockin' It's whichever one's more awkward. Dick Clark's <laughs> New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest. And Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy is the on the street like ah personality. Really? But she's there with her beau, Donnie Wahlberg. And like as the ball dropped, they like lick tongues. I'm so out of touch with fucking regular network world. I uh, I had no yeah. idea Jenny McCarthy was still on television at all. That's or, the like, only time she is. Why? Why did they just like give her a contract ten years ago? And I think so. Oh, <laughs> probably. Man. Yeah. Maybe I, she's got dirt on Seacrest. I don't What kind of dirt could you have on him? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, stretch your imagination. <laughs> what could they possibly have? We don't know because Jenny McCarthy still has a job on New Year's Eve. We'll find out if she ever doesn't. Yeah, we'll find out in 2019 when that contract is about to expire. I, it's, uh, I was very drunk and it was disturbing as shit I to can't watch believe it. y'all watched it it's, it's literally like that's the only time i've ever turned my television on with a broadcast antenna is for like new year's eve for that 10 minute span and i think kelly clarkson was on right after mm-hmm. it as we were we were on our our facebook message like go kelly Woo! <laughs> she i mean she was powerful as shit but like no it just jenny mccarthy and donnie Wahlberg just like yeah you know? yeah uh, it was terrifying. You guys uh, should have come to my New Year's party. Well, you know, you need to have I put daycare. You on, I put you on the list. I know. We wanted, we wanted to, but you Did need you to. see that the spell worked? So we burned an effigy of Trump Tower <laughs> in the bonfire. This is what we planned. The whole plan was that people were going to write down things they wanted to burn from 2017 and put it in wood, and that worked. And then Tara built this, like, three-story oh, tall shit. cardboard Trump Tower that she wow. spray-painted gold and everything. And we put it on the fire at midnight, and none of us thought about the fact that it was covered in spray paint. So, it was, like, <laughs> real high. And there, everyone had sparklers, and there were fireworks off the roof, and like several people got like holes in their coats, right? Oh god! But then, seriously, that was a week ago, Sunday, and Monday morning, we wake up to <laughs> the story of Trump Tower being on fire, <laughs> and Tara was like, "Oh my god, what are we gonna do next? <laughs> now, what do we burn? Takes a week. Let's make sure we know it takes a week <laughs> to kick in." Look. Uh, I think it's think smaller and oranger. Yeah. 
Well, I don't, I don't know why we did. I think we just we're like that's going to take too long to build. Oh. I did last year. I did go to a party where someone built a Trump uh, pinata of his head, and they made the head like huge, like the size of this table. Was it the hugest? It was the hugest. <laughs> so huge you couldn't wow. even hugest. believe it. But it took him like two weeks, and it was like very impressive. And I didn't want to hit it with anything because oh. it was like a piece of art. And it was empty, right? No, no, <laughs> it was filled with condoms. Um, <laughs> I, I think that was just what Wait, he had. On who, him. Who, who did this? <laughs> who's, who's responsible for this wonderful stagecraft? <laughs> Uh, Nathan Woodward from Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. You were out of state back then. Yeah. Okay. It's got I a good spent name, all though. All of the election year in North Carolina. Oh. This is one of the reasons I moved. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I was like, I can't do that again. <laughs> no, that's. Oh, there's some. There's some geographic things going on with that. The next time. Uh, we're by a lake. There's a lot of fresh water. It's raw. Raw <laughs> water. Let's just drink just it. There's a treatment up. plant that lets out about a mile down the road. We'll have dysentery and be thin as hell. It'll be really good. Um, so what? So he gives. Uh, Who's he? Calculon gives Ben. Oh, no, I'm I'm getting lost in my notes. Uh, have I mentioned I have the world's biggest and most elegant yacht? Yes. Um, <laughs> and then Calculon's talent. How do you, how do you guys feel about yachts? Oh, I have so many feelings. I came from Yacht World. Wilmington, North Carolina is super rich Yacht World. Really? Mm-hmm. It's like mega rich. Clint Eastwood's son, Al Gore, like fucking everyone's got a house on figure eight and they all have giant yachts. What, what do they do on them? Uh, they get 20-year-old college girls to come do a lot of cocaine on them. That's uh, sounds really shrill, first of all. No, but I love, I mean, like, I, I am all for that as someone who was a 20-year-old girl at some point. <laughs> like, <laughs> I went to a, you know, you just you just party all the time. That's what you do. I, oh, just, I mean, boat ownership just seems like, didn't you have a boat, Tom? No. <laughs> Tom. Wasn't there a boat involved in your father's estate, or am I misremembering something? You're misremembering everything. Okay, because he was in Florida. I just, There's I thought no there boat. Was a, Okay. The boat that I have to go out on eventually to spread his ashes in the ocean, but that's about it. Well, the, I mean, where else would a boat be? In Besides water? the ocean. Yeah. In, I, I'm on sorry. A lake? I just, I, in I, a river? <laughs> I, I've had, I don't understand the allure of boats, and I guess as the boats become bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah. Where they become like these just floating shopping mall platforms, like then what's the damn point in the first place? Well, so I, the, one of the points is that when you go out on the ocean, yeah. the bigger the boat, the better, just because it is fucking scary as shit yeah. on the ocean. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I like smaller boats better. Um, I guess the idea is that you can cruise around the world and you don't have to get off the boat, right? But Because you can carry I mean, more gas and more supplies. You can like go across the Atlantic and hang out in the Mediterranean. And I, I guess. I don't think I've ever been on a boat, other than like a ferry. I've I've ferried before, but I've never been on a boat. Well, Michelle, you've never eaten a McDonald's hamburger either. So like, <laughs> not true? being on a yeah. boat is you are like such a weird like, and interesting person. <laughs> <laughs> like, which which is more surprising? Like, never been on a boat or never had a McDonald's hamburger. Oh, like, definitely I find, the hamburger. Yeah, one, yeah, it's like that's that's so far down. Someday I'll get one just for oh, you guys. It's, we, I don't want to be the one that's responsible for it. Like, I don't want I don't want to break that streak. I just. <laughs> Do you eat uh, other fast food? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So just literally just not just McDonald's. Spe- I, I didn't like hamburgers when I was a kid, and I ate the chicken nuggets at McDonald's instead of the hamburgers, and then I have just never had anything but the chicken nuggets at McDonald's. So do you still go to McDonald's? Then. Yeah. And get chicken nuggets? You just yeah. never order that? Interesting. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? I mean, I guess I've never had a I fish know. sandwich at McDonald's, so like, it's not that mm. weird. Oh, you should. They're delicious and horrible for you. No. Yeah, they are really good. Really? Yeah, it's I might go so to McDonald's good. on my way home. Oh! Yeah, now I want a hamburger really badly. I'm yeah. really hungry. I want lots of alcohol <laughs> and donkey meat and, and long pig and now McDonald's. Long uh, pig. <laughs> the... the uh, <laughs> So, like, Calculon becomes so obsessed with Coilette, he proposes. Um, I forget who who says this. Is it Fry or is it Fry responding? It's like, it's sort of a two-person pyramid scheme. Because <laughs> that's marriage, all right. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> they basically nailed that. That was a good one. Because um, it is. I've done it twice. And both times, it's... Uh, Boy, the economics of it, it all <laughs> what <laughs> it plays out in interesting mean? ways. Uh, I mean, look, she was going to leave me over pants. So that's, <laughs> that's what this foundation is built on. <laughs> if anything, it's kind of an inverted pyramid. So it's, you know, uh, uh, I'm, what? I, I mentioned I'm on cold medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, did, did, uh, would would any of you use Zoidberg as a wedding planner? I would. Oh my god, the cake line! Yeah. Oh, that's my that's my Zoidberg moment. Yes, Order yeah, I cake. would. Damn it! He, I feel like he'd give you that edge. Like it would be something that would get written up in the Times and become like it would be in like the year end circular of like this was the wedding to end all weddings. Probably because it was super disgusting, but still, like it would just be what like. Like Fry watching the surgery, she's just like, I, I can't watch because it's awful, but I have to because I'm so curious. Did you like, write I, down the actual quote from the cake thing? I want to hear it again. Oh, yes, shit. I have it right here. Do you? Can you read Where it? Where he says, I saw frilly cake in here. You'll remember all your life. I know I will. Late at night, it haunts me with its frosted <laughs> beauty. Order the cake, damn it. <laughs> 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 uh. Oh, uh, that, that was another thing I needed to ask. Uh, because there's a line with you like, come on, you never went on a date with a guy because you were hungry. I thought I might like him better on a full stomach. <laughs> is that a real thing? That is totally a real thing. I've never done it, but it is real. Yeah, I've been broke as shit. <laughs> well, right, but so did, I mean, was there? Is is that just being coy about it, or was there like, yeah, maybe my blood sugar's a little low and he's sort of annoying, but maybe when everything gets evened out. And I mean, okay, I will say I've never gone out with somebody that I thought was, like, annoying, right? But, right. like, if you don't know someone that well and they're literally just present, like, it's an actual, like, I'm just asking this person out, yeah. right? Then, yeah, timing it so that you hit them up as they're going to need <laughs> dinner or, you know, do you want to go out to lunch after this thing we just went to? Then uh, totally works. See, I haven't been on a date in ever well, and also the point is, is that when you go out to eat, then there's possibility of alcohol and, you know, you relax and you hang out. You could play it by ear and right. figure it out from there. Maybe wind up on a yacht somewhere. Um, I will say that none of those people actually worked out. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. I don't think I've ever actually worked out with anybody who asked me on an actual date, like a weird little we don't know each other date. It's always those, those never work out. Yeah. That's because that's not how relationships work. You know, you got to have a meet cute. And uh, sometimes those just end horribly. Right? I feel like one of the one of the most poisonous ideas in American society and all society in general is this idea that you can somehow 
date until you meet somebody like that action of dating has anything to do with you actually meeting somebody because everybody that I've ever gone out with for a long time, it just happened. Like you meet someone and you just, that just naturally happens. Right. Yeah. Uh, and anytime you have any kind of stress or weirdness about it, then it's a lost cause. Just let it go. Like it's never <laughs> going to happen. Maybe for like six months of your life, you'll be entertained. But like, that's why like dating is a different exercise. So you don't date to find love. I guess is how I'm justifying saying that I went on dates because I was hungry sometimes. <laughs> 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 to bring it back around. Yeah, yeah. no, that's yeah. perfect. Because I, I, I like I'm, I'm like I said, I'm so far removed from the whole thing in general, and even then, it's it's a whole long thing. It just, it's terrifying just, and awful, like everyone tells you. But I will say this: one thing that's happened as I've gotten older. I just was saying this to my friend today because I Cleveland Tinder is tripping me out super hard because I was super excited because Wilmington, North Carolina Tinder is shit, right? And I yeah. was like, yeah, it'll be in another city and just like do this weird mental exercise. Every guy over like 50 who hits on me always hits on me the same way when he finds out I'm a writer by telling me he he wrote a book that he thinks I should help him co-author or co-write. And it <laughs> happened again today. I was talking to this guy and, I, and he was like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm a writer. And he was like, I have this really interesting idea for a book that's a Da Vinci Code, like historical drama that Ooh. you're super liberal, so you'll be into. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, oh, fuck. But I'm obviously not going to talk to you again. And there's a lawyer in Wilmington who tried to ask me out by reading me the first five pages of his detective noir novel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, this shit happens over and over again. Wait, I don't wait, know why wait, I'm wait, thinking wait, of this. Wait, I'm sorry. So, wait, he... <laughs> How did he read it to you? Like, he called you and then, like... This was a story I, I, I told it at Keep Talking, actually, okay. last week. So it's fresh in my head. All right. But, like, what happened is I was filming a commercial for his... Like, for him. Yeah. And in the course of the shoot, we had to talk to each other for, like, 10 minutes to get stock footage. So yeah, we were yeah. just talking about whatever we want, but we had to talk face-to-face. -face. And in the course of that, he found out I was a writer. And when we were done filming, he was like, oh, hey... I have my novel right here in my desk. <laughs> let's go out. Let's step outside the office. And the producer's like, well, we have to finish this. And he's like, no, no, let's just take a minute. Oh, and we God. step outside the office and he reads me the pages. And then he gives me his card and is like, so, you know, you want to get together and talk about it or like read the rest of the manuscript and give me notes. And it's like, are you hitting on me? Or are you trying to get a ghostwriter for free? Because I'm never really sure what's going on. I with think that. the kids would say that's tacky AF. Like, uh, yeah. That's, that's like, the adults oh, would wait, say that too. I have, I have a guitar here. Let me play you these songs that I've written. That is exactly what it is. That is exactly oh. what it is. Oh, my God. I just, I can't. I mean, it's it really, I don't see that as being any different than dick pics. It's like, this is so obviously something that is just, revolting in its own nature like how can you not know that it's just bad but see i'm more of a sucker for it because unlike dick pics there's always that hope that maybe they'll read you something genius and you'll be like oh yeah. you're still an asshole but you're a really good writer but and will so maybe they? i want to talk to you, you know <laughs> has that ever happened no never <laughs> i mean literally never you're, you're basically <laughs> playing like the shitty author lottery at that point yeah. like it's just it's, you know, you're not even giving any money into the school districts. I don't know how that. we got on this from the hungry part, but Michelle oh, and yeah. <laughs> Tommy look like they want to move on. No, I, <laughs> I'm just thinking about what that Detective Noir story would have who, who do you think did it? I didn't get that far. Uh, pretty much it was like a bunch of pages describing the woman coming into the office, right? Because she was, you know, not beautiful, but beautiful, right? Like, oh, it's so like a Maggie Gyllenhaal type. Yeah, just from certain <laughs> angles you could see. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
Well, the, okay. So, so where are we even? No, <laughs> no idea. You, you've always Remote said you'd control. rather burn down a convent than give up show business. I've always said many things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this is, it really just, it ratchets up into high gear here. Like with the, uh, with the wedding and everything. Like I really, we will have donkeys, all you can eat. I never even All you can that. eat ass. I yeah. just love it so much. It's so clever. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> then there was one of the professors like hard, Sexist lines. Have you waited too long to change back, you dingbat? Uh, <laughs> I have you ever had to call anybody a dingbat for real? I'm sure I have at some point. I mean, like, or like maybe describe someone as a dingbat. Someone. Probably. I feel like it's a, like that's a uh, an epithet that really had its heyday in the '70s, and it's lost favor. But it's it's a good one. Like, what does it mean exactly? Where does it come uh, from? Well. I think it just means like a a ditzy broad, basically. So like, I think it was an Archie Bunker line referring to Edith. Oh. Or Mel on Alice may have leveled it at Vera, where it was just like a crazy, excitable lady who just can't control herself. She's just, oh, she's all flustered and everything. It's interesting because you know what, you're right, but I never thought of it as a pure, like a woman line. Like, I'd never thought of it as having an assigned... I see that, and that's the thing. Like, I've never, I would never think to call. It's like, uh, oh God, we're just, we just keep going. Uh, it's like asshole. Like, you don't normally apply that to women. I think, like, it's, I, I'm, I'm loosening up on it these days. But uh, I'm a big fan of asshole for women because I personally really think there should be more asshole women. Yeah, well, you know? sure, <laughs> sure. But it's, I mean, that's I, I traditionally thought of as like a gendered masculine. Yeah, yeah. Things I think dingbat is kind of the same way, but it's it's sort of a soft one. It's just like, oh god, you dingbat, you know. Like I, I've used it to refer to people uh, that you know, just where it fits. Like when you say it, like it it works. Like it means what it means. Of course it does. That's oh fuck. Words do mean what they mean. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's 2018. Are we sure about that? Yeah, positive. We're gonna go pomo as fuck on this right now. (laughs) We're just gonna break it all into its component parts. I'm sorry. I like. I'm not happy with this cold medicine at all. It's uh, it's not amplifying my best characteristics (laughs) like it normally does. It's just making me like woozy. Um, so I guess. This is like Bender's grift for the wedding to break up with Calculon and still avoid actually like revealing that he is in fact Bender. Yeah. Uh, That's all pretty ingenious. Mm -hmm. Like, and the fact that they're making it like this big dramatic show where Calculon apparently doesn't understand the veil between uh, drama and real life. No, it's the best thing ever. It really, it does end strong for all the weakness of the episode. Leela just sees through him immediately and is like, no, this is what we do. Yeah, I love it. Um, I... All right, I know I've talked a lot on this episode, and I apologize. That's why you're here. I'm going to do it one more time, because this is what this ending made me think of. All right, so... Wilmington, North Carolina used to have the largest film studio on the East Coast, and they call it Wilmywood. And it was like the largest like water stage and a bunch of shit's been filmed there since the eighties. And then yeah, we yeah. lost our tax incentives two years ago oh. and all that shit moved to Atlanta. Cause it was this whole thing. Mm-hmm. The governor, the bathroom bill governor, mm-hmm. right. Uh, he was with the Chick-fil-A lobby and Chick-fil-A invested heavily in this new Atlanta studio. And so they wanted to drive everyone away from North Carolina to Atlanta. Uh-huh. So now everything's in Atlanta, which is why everything from Netflix is filmed in Atlanta. But uh-huh. 
Um, the point is there's a lot of actors and there's a lot of actresses and there's a lot of film people. And I have this theory about Wilmington because everyone living there, granted, we also smoke a lot of weed and drink a lot too, right? right. So this contributes <laughs> to it. Um, but you live there long enough and you start to feel like everything is in on an episodic arc. Like if things seem really crisis driven, you just have to wait it out because something weird and lucky will happen. And the first time it happened, I was like, whoa, I need to check myself as weird. But then for five years, seriously, every time I had a problem with an apartment or a boy or a job, anything, at the very last moment, this crazy, amazing solution would present itself or this crazy, amazing person would just show up. Like they just added a new character to the season. And I thought that maybe I was just going crazy. And then I found out that everyone else who lives there feels the same way. And there's this phenomenon called disassociation. No, it's not disassociation, but it's like that, where you think that you start to lose sense of reality because you feel like everything is a scripted narrative. Yeah. And so this ending was so perfect. I thought of it so hard. I was like, this is the perfect encapsulation of Wilmington um, and probably every film driven well, town. What was Fry's uh, alias? Congo Jack. Congo Jack. <laughs> and it's I like it, his line the best when he he's he rides up what was like a motorcycle or something yeah. and he's like they go Congo Jack and he goes yeah and I've got a, a message from Colonel Matumbe. <laughs> this one's from Congo Jack. <laughs> throws the <laughs> like that, the message like <laughs> that was the best, God, line, the best in the line in the whole show. show. It was really good. And and like just all of that stuff with uh you know, oh, I'm a doctor. She's dead. <laughs> no, but they, she, they also made her die from that specific disease that Calculon had died from. The African hydraulic fever. Which yeah. I just thought was a really, like, is is that, so I don't, I can't, I know we've seen Calculon before, but I can't think of the episodes that we've seen him on. But He's been in a bunch. Is it a callback? Does he, is there, does he? have a movie episode where he dies from that or are they just random? No, it's just like there? a soap opera. Yeah. He just does the soap he's opera, a soap right? opera actor. And so, but he's, he's been in three or four episodes yeah. before. Like he's, he's a, a frequently recurring character. So it's just like, like, I mean, even the thing in the beginning when he's like, this scene needs no introduction. He's just, it's like, of course, cause mm -hmm. there's a pirate. I just wanted the African thing to have like a, I wanted it to be a thing, whereas like <laughs> a, a reference. I I mean maybe it will be there, later. There is there is another reference where they say something about uh, where is it? Bender says stick a potato in his tailpipe, which is um, when Calculon was a wear car. Uh, they put a silver potato in his exhaust pipe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also an oddly sexual thing to say. Yeah. Um, also so so I. I forget what I read this on, but somebody pointed out that the preacher who does the wedding mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. says preacher that thing about the, casting, uh, the casting agents being in the audience. Yeah. And then later when Calculan makes the movie, he's in the movie as the preacher. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's like waving at the camera that. and he's like, yeah. hi, everyone. Yeah. yeah, Preacher Bot's pretty pretty brazen about that stuff. But like, I so would you run into that kind of behavior too? I, so I never, yeah, I mean, yeah. I never put that together. And actually I have friends that used to live in uh, Wilmington and do, like, PA work years and years yeah. ago. Like, they all, like, crewed on Dawson's Creek and shit mm -hmm. back in the day. They probably don't still live in Wilmington, I imagine. No, yeah, no, they, they split. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, they, I mean, the the most of them moved back here, and then some of them moved out west. But, like, um, you, what happens to those people? Like, they're just it's there now. It's real weird. So I, I moved there right before at the height of it, right? Yeah. When it was like we had a bunch of movies, we had a bunch of shows, there was a bunch of money, and then 
it was like two years ago that we lost the film incentives. And so I watched the whole crash. So it's interesting to move to a town that you don't know at all and watch something really drastic like that happen. Oh, yeah. Apparently, the film incentives are coming back next year. But I don't know if it's going to make a difference at this point because everyone's moved. But I watched everyone leave town. And the people who were left were the people who were really so addicted. I could never. Well, no. None of my Wilmington friends that matter will, will hear this. <laughs> uh, none of the actors will hear it. They were so they're so addicted to validation from their local circles that they can't leave. Uh, mm. But this is where my friends are, and we're all geniuses, and we're going to love each other's work and all say wonderful, amazing things about it, even though we should have more taste and we should know better about it. Uh, but I, we can't leave and move because what will I do without well, my constant IV? It's almost IV like of, that might happen around here and every other. It happens in every stuff. art yeah, scene, right? Just, like, yeah, yeah. It, you you get your womb. And That's it's why sick. I haven't left because I need Pete to tell me that I'm good. <laughs> What do you? <laughs> and I never do. <laughs> just waiting for it. You gotta release I just, him. I just, I like, I can't remember that your dad didn't have a boat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, people are totally opportunistic like that. I mean, so I had a weird gig because I was the theater reviewer for the local paper, so oh, I had to watch all the community theater people too, <laughs> which is like a different circles than the film people, but they overlap in weird little pathetic places. That oh, that could get real strange. It was real weird. What did you? Oh, did they like? Did you lord that power over them at all? No, I tried really hard not to talk to any of them. Oh, but. Then they, you know, you can't. Some of the, I mean, it making it sound worse than it is. Obviously, some of these people are my friends, right? right. But oh yeah. Overall, yeah. there's that feeling of like, gotta get in front of the camera, gotta get your next break. Doesn't matter. And it's weird because it's a small town, so you you look at them and you're like, what's wrong with you? Nobody you're talking to matters. Yeah. But in fact, it's full of such rich people and such connections, and it is a beach town that you actually do meet really important people in the film industry so there weird. randomly at bars. So it's not totally unwarranted as an attitude. I just think it's outdated because the studio's moved on. Yeah. They're like functioning from five years ago still. Oh, I, I, I don't think I can handle that. It would just be too... It's a little weird. Yeah. I'm pretty... I don't know. I... I can talk to fake people very easily. You got a pretty <laughs> outgoing personality. Yeah, well, but also I'm very um I get a lot of social anxiety and people it's it's good to be socially anxious around people who are theater people because or film people because they won't stop talking about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and so you don't have to do anything, you just have to ask them questions about themselves <laughs> and they'll just keep going. Yeah. So it's easy. Perfect. So I uh I did we get through everything? I yeah. guess you know, my buddy is home and his respect for women is back to normal, <laughs> which is to say not at all. Uh, I did not, not my favorite episode. I mean, now that, uh, we've talked about all the, like, uh, just the deeper meanings of a lot of things that you've brought I'm up. So and sorry. No, no, it's I great. No, it's I, it <laughs> makes me think of this episode in a different way a little bit, but all in all, no, I don't, I still... I don't think that I don't really like this episode. No, I I think I've, I'm even like um, I feel like when they got into gender issues in general, and this you know this is with the lens of twenty years in the future now looking back, it was all pretty clumsy. Maybe Did maybe they have coming, women in the writers room. <laughs> probably not. I mean maybe, but I think it was just basically like a Simpsons boys club except from MIT nerds instead of Harvard. Um, you know, there may have been a couple tokens. And and I mean, and to, to be fair, a lot of strong female characters on the show and things too, but it's, yeah. um, 
you know, and more often than not, like Leela is the most competent person in the crew, despite her own, uh, you know, personal shortcomings or whatever. But just uh, there was there was the one. Um, there have been a couple about robosexuality, that sort of stuff. It's just, it, uh, and then this is like a, a you know, sort of a, a a part two of Bender doing the gender bender character with the wrestling. So right. it's just like, yeah, you know, like I get it. And you can only get so meta about it. We're just like, ah, I don't know. But I think you brought a lot of good uh, insight to it that I didn't catch. Just the, even the emotionality of it, it, that didn't register with me at all. Someday I'll write a whole book about Bender's emotionality. <laughs> and then you can try and pick up guys the on night- Tinder with it. <laughs> Uh, that will probably be me in the 50s. When I'm 50, it'll be me hitting on 25-year-olds being like, let me tell you about this book I wrote about this cartoon. Well, what's um, a cartoon? Is it like a video game? Here's a picture of my deck. He'll just be tapping the glass. Like, Why can't I interact with this? Why can't I? <laughs> Is this made out of wood? <laughs> I think about what kind of dirty 50-year-old woman I'm going to be all the time. <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm 38 now, and the last like three guys that I was fucking around with were all under like 23. Oh, that had to have been exhausting. No, it was uh, great. emotionally. It's fucking great. No, it's awesome. <laughs> Any 23 year olds that like me on this podcast don't want to hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real bored in Cleveland right now. Yeah. Well, we, we have a worldwide audience. So, I mean, you, you know, wherever you end up Willing landing. Willing to move to other countries, especially before 2020, if we can swing that. <laughs> before, before the ball gets built, yeah. we can still get out and it doesn't turn into Gilead. <laughs> oh, God. Um, any final thoughts on anything? No. No? No. no. Oh, uh this is a question that one of our listeners posed at us a couple weeks ago. We asked it last week, and you might be a good person to ask this too. Is there a uh, character on the show, Futurama, just to limit it to that? Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I wasn't sure what show you were talking about. That, uh, that you would find as a romantic ideal, that you'd like to date in, in real life and have, you know. Jesus, what a question. Right? Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, um, it came up because I I mentioned that Lila was basically like a dream girl. You know, I was so I was going to say this earlier with the writers' room thing that I, that's how you can tell that there's no women in the writers' room because the women characters are sort of straight characters, like they're like the competent good girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if women were writing them, they would not be. They would be funnier <laughs> mm-hmm. and weirder and have more. You know, but instead they are the the foils. They like take care of everyone in the end. Um, the answer the, the, Yeah, is, they're all like moms. Yeah, yeah. That's very... Oh, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and that's why, <laughs> yeah. like, the Tina Fey and Amy Poehler run shows are so good. Yeah. Yeah, because the fuck. women are written like women. Yeah. <laughs> because women are people who are funny and weird and assholes, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And you don't see that when guys aren't... I mean, and, and that's not true. Some, peop- some guys have written women who are sure. like that, right? But in general... That's where it really falls flat. And you can always tell when you're talking about writers' rooms for comedies. You can always see that, which is why, as much as there's criticism about Broad City for insensitivity to other things, yeah. I was so excited when that show came out because I watched it with mm-hmm. my friend Faith and I was like, oh my God, it's a show about us female <laughs> potheads, right? Like actual female potheads, yeah. right? Uh, but to answer your question, uh, no, because I like myself. Um, but I will say that many of my boyfriends have been like the professor. 
really? Yeah. So uh, just virulently hateful of everyone? Yeah, just like... Um, Dangerously smart? Because I like people without filters, uh, right? And I do like assholes because I'm an asshole. And so what that translates to, unfortunately, is guys who like to go to parties and say shit to rile shit up. And ooh. I get drunk and I find that funny, so it's not a good combination. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really like that sometimes. My friends each other don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, or fry, I suppose, more have been like fry recently because of the age difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. What Those were all the... of your answers? What was your answer? Mine, mine changes a lot. I mean I I think I'm kind of a I'm a I'm a fry fry kinda kinda gal. But I could also see, you know, Leela being a good, strong, romantic partner. I mean she's opinionated and smart and capable in many, many ways, which is a good good uh good she traits can fly to have. A spaceship. Yeah, good traits to have in a partner. I said uh, there's an episode where Fry meets a girl from the 21st century at a bar, and I said that girl, the 21st century girl. <laughs> yeah? Because we'd have a lot of co- in common. <laughs> more, more so. <laughs> Nobody's going like to pick a bonitis guy. It's almost a cop-out, but it's not, because you know enough. You've got the trivia mastery that you get away from the cop-out answer. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. Uh See, it's good. We rambled just the right amount of time. Yeah. It's a good episode length. There's not a whole lot to cut out. Just those anti-Semitic and <laughs> racist remarks. They, there weren't really any. There's nothing being cut out of this. Tom doesn't even edit it at all anymore. I don't really edit it <laughs> anymore. Tom, like, never takes anything out. He just slaps I the bumpers on the I was going to say, I think the a couple last weeks episode, ago, yeah. I feel like. A couple a weeks couple. ago, a train went by. Oh, yeah. And you forgot to cut out the part where we were, like, clapping in. <laughs> oh, I got lazy. <laughs> I mean, it would have taken like four minutes. You don't have that kind of time. <laughs> no, because they come out at like midnight on Wednesday and I'm uploading them at 11.58. <laughs> well, thank you no. for coming on the show. This, so how long, me. how are you planning on being in town for? Until somebody gives me a job in another city. Okay. Uh, so I moved back because I'm applying for jobs in Chicago mm. and Pittsburgh. And because I, my parents are elderly and I kind of want to be a little closer, right? Sure. But I don't want to be this closer. Uh, and uh, I just couldn't go on interviews from North Carolina. I ain't got plain fair money like no. that. So just applying for every job in the world. What sucks is that a bunch of people, so I like, do content, right? Yeah. A bunch of Chicago companies just laid off a bunch of like content strategists and copywriters. Mm. So now they're all scrambling for jobs. Mm-hmm. So now I've started applying for weed marketing agencies in Colorado. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good plan. Yeah, I actually think that's solid. Uh, pitch yeah. a story about the new growth center in Parma that will be coming out in a publication probably in like two months. Perfect. So I'm just going to go straight into weed journalism. Until Jeff Sessions shuts it all <laughs> down. Uh, because it's the a, Keebler elf. He's not going to do shit. <laughs> Republicans don't <laughs> let go of tax money. <laughs> Have you seen <laughs> Kate McKinnon's impression on SNL? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so perfect. <laughs> she's oh, so good. I love her. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Let's leave the episode on that. Kate McKinnon is perfect. <laughs> there we go. In every way. Bad, bad. Oh, is there anywhere uh, people could find you on the internet? Do you want people oh, to find yeah. you on the internet? Find me on the internet. Uh, my Twitter is Bridget Callahan. Okay. Uh, my Facebook is Bridget Callahan. And I uh, publish a lot of comedy stuff at the Tusk Literary Blog. 
It's um, if you just Google the Tusk and Bridget Callahan, I'll come up. But a lot of my comedy stuff, like comedy essays, my obituary for Roger Ailes is that's one of my favorite pieces that I wrote last year. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's the place to look. Perfect. Thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll hopefully be able to have you again before you leave town, or when you come back as a famous weed journalist from Colorado, right, exactly. maybe with samples. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we can be found at slurmcast.com where all of our episodes and links to our tea public shop to buy uh, wonderful t-shirts that we get a, a tiny fractional penny percentage of if you buy them. Um, that's all there. We get a decent amount. Also the yeah. love lasts forever. Yeah, I mean, True. they're they're really nice shirts. The shirts don't. <laughs> That's, I mean, you way get, to sell get, it. You get two washes out of the shirt. Choose wisely. No, just buy multiples. They're yeah, so cheap exactly. you can afford it. Exactly. With fast fashion, it's killing everybody, but it helps us uh, keep the Honestly, on. I think that T-shirts are good quality. I don't know. I haven't bought one, yeah, but I'm we, sure they are. You um, No, it's not. It's, well, we just, we... Have our name we on curate. a store, and other people make T-shirt like designs, but and then you don't it's, own one yourself. No, I have not bought one. It's, it's the gig I, economy, right? Is that part of that? The precariat. Yes, that. Oh, that's a good word. Did we you gotta, coin it? No, I did not. But we should talk about it after the episode's <laughs> over. Uh, um, where else are we? Call us. Oh, two one six four three eight ten seventy seven. Uh, you can email us at slurmcastpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at slurmcastpod. We're on Facebook. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Um, we were yes. asking people for something before, and we forgot. I don't uh, remember. Presents? Yeah. Send send us a send us a hamburger for Michelle from McDonald's. Oh my God! <laughs> Everybody send Michelle McDonald's yeah. hamburgers because they won't go bad in the mail. We know that. Yeah, they'll <laughs> they'll last forever. Or just gift certificates. Hey. Yeah. Send me those uh, Ronald Bucks, whatever they call them. Do you ever real? have those? When I was a kid, my grandparents used to give me like <laughs> they were McDonald's like rip yeah. off dollars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh. You bought them when you were like contributing to the Ronald McDonald House charity thing. Yeah. 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 I used to get them like when I'd go trick or treating. Sometimes they would get throw in a couple it, it of those. It was like a checkbook, but they mm -hmm. looked like dollar bills with Ronald's face in the middle, and they were McDonald's cash. We should make Slimcast bucks that people can use to yes. download our show for free. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you have to type in a twenty-seven digit <laughs> <laughs> alphanumeric code. <laughs> it's it's more secure that way. And and it and it shows up as like dots after you type the letter, so you don't remember if you <laughs> typed it in right. That's, that's what I do all day long. Oh God, kill me! Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.